Hey, Starting Nine listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Mm. We are coming to the end of the Major League Baseball season. I don't want to see it. I don't want it. I don't. I want more. Which means we're seeing the conclusion of wild card races, division races, Cy Young races, MVP races, careers? Question mark? Do you, this, I feel like this is not the year of like it's like a final ride for anybody. Um, no, this was this was the <laughs> this was the old cowboy slipping his boots back on one more time, wandering out to that corral, getting on that wild bronco that they just got because he's been watching the young guys try to ride this fucking thing, yeah. failing, failing, yeah. failing. Mm-hmm. Young cowboys like, all right, boys, you turn them spurs to a quarter inch rake, and I'm yeah. gonna get on the back of this son bitch and show you how to do it. And there's no way. They ride off into the sunset after a 60-game dry hump, Jared. No chance. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, I mean, if, the, if this is the final ride for anybody, I would argue that it's the final ride for the old guard. I feel like in a 60-game season, especially after a lot of us were, like, needing our baseball fix. So we were watching the KBO and just seeing these guys bat flip their dicks off. All for fly ball outs i mean that's and i thought it was cool that you know espn picked up the games and you had guys like mookie betts and um trevor bauer getting his cell phone number doxxed uh i think like ian happ did one there was a bunch of guys that like went on like during that so there was this kbo mlb cross promotion type deal and that was really the beginning of you know like let's let's fucking like it's it's a weird time so like let let's let that freak flag fly and and I, and I think that we've done that this year. I think, think that we've honestly seen and there's been some resistance to it, but that resistance has almost helped. Like normally I would say you know, if you have let the kids play and this and that and let's have fun and let's bat flip and this and that and then it just happens, that's not as good of a result as if what played out played out. And and what I'm talking about obviously is the Texas Rangers and how, you know, Chris Woodward uh, and, you know, you had a bunch of other people obviously take issue with it, but mainly it was the Texas Rangers saying that, you know, swing on 3-0, hitting a grand slam, you're already up eight, seven runs, whatever the fuck it was. And, you know, then you have the issue with Trent Grisham just this past, uh, this past week, Trent Grisham uh, styling up Clayton Kershaw, you know, Clayton Kershaw says, yeah, whatever, you know, we'll see. But Dave Roberts saying that that's a guy that you need to respect and you don't do that to Clayton Kershaw. I think it's almost, if you have resist, it's good that guys are doing it anyway and saying, fuck the unwritten rules, but it's also good to have the resistance because the resistance creates the backlash that creates the discussion that creates the, uh, the interest. So, well, there I should think, be. I there think should... Baseball has done it. You know what, Dallas Packers? Now, I think you've done an outstanding job the past few years of growing the game of baseball. But this year, I think baseball has done a good job itself of growing the game and creating interest. Because you finally have players that are digging their heels in. And that hasn't been the case for a very long time. For a very long time. And to the Trent Grisham thing, the conversation that they're trying to have, the conversation that. I think a lot of people do want to see have or, or had, excuse me, is the one that says 
just understand there's a level of respect for your opponent that needs to be maintained. And there's a level of understanding that celebrating success in the game doesn't necessarily mean you are disrespecting the opponent. And it's about figuring out how to walk that line. And how to walk that line is almost, I guess, understanding unwritten rules. But when you say unwritten rules, it makes it feel like you just can't do this. And that's that's not necessarily what we're after here. And I, I look at the Justin Verlander thing. I've kind of had, or not Justin Verlander, excuse me, the Clayton Kershaw thing. And I've kind of had time to think about this. Well, my grandfather, my great grandfather, excuse me, was alive. He he was like he was the fucking Domino's champ. Like if you're slamming bones at our pad, you were getting worked by my great grandfather. He was fucking kicking ass and taking names all goddamn day. Like dude was a legend, Jared. And we sat down to play a game of Domino's one time, and after the first two hands, I was winning. Right. I think I had like 25, 30 points or whatever. My grandfather had 15, 20. Like he had just opened up and, and had a shit second hand. And I quit the game and started fucking dancing and talking shit. Like, you know, I, I was like fucking six, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and my, grand, my great-grandfather fucking smacked me and then explained to me, like, and this is where the whole like, Kenny Rogers, the gambler song and all of that sort of sunk in and took hold at a very early age. You don't count your money when you're sitting at the table. You just, you don't celebrate in another man's face and you give the man every opportunity he's given you to take back what you've taken from him, make it fair. And that's when at the end of that battle, you get to sing and dance. But not right here, not now. This isn't over, motherfucker. And <laughs> and so it was it was like this whole like understand who you're playing right now. You're playing your great grandfather, the leader of men in your family and in your neighborhood, the guy who's been kicking ass at the fucking domino table amongst all of the elders your entire life. And you think you're the one who's gonna parade her? around and run your mouth to that guy right now you are so fucking mistaken it's not even funny let me teach you this lesson and that's where i think baseball is coming to is trying to figure out how to respect those elders but also celebrate what you are doing in a game that is really really hard and part of that comes from the understanding Jared between ball players of how hard this game is knowing that if you're somebody who hits 15 homers and you're flipping and doing the shit you did against Kershaw you and your 15 homers those are cute compared to the body of work that Kershaw has put forth so how we measure dicks in the baseball world Trent Grisham and Clayton Kershaw wouldn't be allowed to urinate at the same urinal mm-hmm. yet here Trent Grisham is basically bottling his urine and throwing it everywhere, right? And and that's what people are getting offended by. And Trent Grisham's like, look, I'm just really happy that I'm hitting homers, especially against that dude, because I do know what the back of that baseball card looks like. And this means just as much, if not more, than any other fucking homer I've hit. And 
it's really tough to translate all that while you're making three left turns and celebrating, right? right. Like it's hard to get the other people to understand that. Right. So that's where baseball is at. But I, I think you're, I think you're right in where the game is trying really hard to trend in a direction where there is that understanding and mutual respect between guys. And there's also the understanding that people are going to celebrate their successes differently than has ever really been allowed in baseball. Yeah. Because like you said, Baseball's really fucking hard. <laughs> Dude. It's a hard game. And, and until, uh, unless you play Major League Baseball, I don't even think, like, whether you play at high school, Babe Ruth, Little League, college, D1, D3, uh, Juco, any of that, unless you play in the big leagues, like, did you fucking see what Dustin May did last night? Yep. He threw a two-seamer that had more movement than like a slider. It was fucking insane at a hundred miles an hour, a two seamer with crazy movement at a hundred miles an hour. I would love sports science to break down the difficulty of hitting that fastball when you're like expecting a four seamer. Oh, well, like, well, I can do that for you right here. You got no chance. Yeah. <laughs> D- done and done. That's why they don't do that. That's why you see guys look the way they do against guys like Dustin May because he's got both of those pitches you're talking about. And then after he spins that first one in there for strike one at fucking 92, you've, you've just been able to exhale because you braced yourself as a right-handed hitter thinking that ball is getting ready to go through my rib cage. What the fuck you mean it's a strike now? Uh, what? I thought it was going to hit me. And now after that, the next pitch that comes starts 16 inches in the left-hand batter's box and then ends up clipping the outside corner black for strike three at 101. And you can't really argue because you didn't see a fucking thing. All you did was hear this baseball ripping through the wind and eventually blowing up the catcher's mitt like a fucking shotgun. So hitters, as dumb and cavemanish as they are, they are at a point in time, Jared, where they have never had a less of a shot of succeeding. Ever. This is, this is as bad as hitters will ever be, which is how, how much you need to appreciate the ones who are good at what they do because this game has never seen the arsenals that it has on the mound right now. Hitters have never been asked to get done what is being asked of them right now against the fucking fuzz and the fuel that is on big league mounds today. Which is why it's insane that last year we saw more home runs hit than ever before. Like It's a sellout. It's a sellout in approach, though. You got to know everybody wants to be on time for Dustin May's 101 with movement. Yeah. And if he throws it in the middle of the plate, Jared, this, is what's, this is what's it. scary. And they're really fucking good at touching it. They yeah. are really exceptional at touching it. We like, I don't know if you guys have, I don't know if fans who have maybe watched or are watching A's games have checked this out, but like we put it up. We put up a graphic earlier in the season about Tommy LaStella mm-hmm. and his ability to just put the bat to the ball, mm-hmm. like not punch out. And I've created a fucking, we've created a Tommy LaStella punch out tracker. Like every time he comes to the plate, we track how many plate appearances it's been since he's punched out. So, We're doing that in 2020, yeah. Jared. Okay. That's how fucking good that dude is at getting the bat to the ball right now. It's over 55 appearances, plate appearances with the A's without striking out. 
which is unheard of. And if you listen to the last episode with Luis Gonzalez, he talked about how I think he struck out a hundred times. Like he played 17 Once. years in the big leagues. He did it one time and how, you know, like that was just not a part of his game. And, and, and it wasn't a part of many players game back then. I mean, obviously no one was Tony Gwynn, the numbers that he put up in terms of not striking out. Um, so listen to this it's though. It's a different game now. And, and how, and, you saw my reaction, and, and that, that's a stat that, that we knew, that, that we know about Luis Gonzalez. But even when you say it, you saw my reaction, you're mind blown. Because I know how hard it is to go up there and not make contact. Or excuse me, make contact. How hard it is. And for him to do that with the kind of stuff he was facing at the big league level, that's a badge of honor that he wears and that's a badge of honor that is acknowledged and revered in our game, especially by older guys, even guys from my generation look at that and they're like, bro, that is a ridiculous skill set. That's insane. So now the badge of honor today is being able to hit monster monster bombs. So players have traded on to applaud them and revere them for their ability to make contact. They'd rather you just retweet one of their 20 home run clips that they're going to hit this year, and they'll taste that the whole fucking season. They don't, they're not here for the round of applause at the end for not punching out 100 times. They we care. mentioned it earlier, the Trent Grisham home run off of Clayton Kershaw. That was game one of a three-game set between the Padres and Dodgers, and this one has big-time playoff uh, implications. Obviously, it's not a matter of one team getting in and one team being left out. It is a matter of which team will win the, the NL West and which team will not. Uh, if the Padres had gone on to win the next two games, they had the chance to walk away from that series a half game up in the NL West, which would have been fucking huge considering how good the Dodgers have been since day one. And, you know, we, we threw the stat out there the other day about uh, the, you know, the, we mentioned the Fernando Tatis Jr. Grand Slam against the, the Texas Rangers. The Padres, I believe, were 10 and 11 going into that game. So, I mean, they, that they went on to, you know, win, I think, 21 out of their next 26 games. And, and here we are in, in a battle for the NL West, a team actually challenging the Dodgers for the first time in forever. Uh, but the Dodgers bear down, win the next two. So it's now a three and a half game lead. I don't really at this point foresee the Padres winning the division at this point, but the fact that they were able to, and we use this analogy on the last show, they were on the front porch. Like they weren't waving from the street. They weren't down the block. They were on your front porch, ready to extend their finger and ring your doorbell. They were that close. And Credit to the Dodgers. I mean, like that middle game there, Kenley Jansen. Uh, I don't know if your boy Blake Trinan at some point. Like that's something that I, I you know, if, if you want like a bold take for that October. That bullpen is – oh, dude. Well, no, that, uh, if you want a bold take for October, Blake Trinan will be closing games for the Dodgers uh, when it's all said and done. It's, I've got Blake Trinan and Bruce Dar Gratterall. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. I mean, having themselves – Quite a October, Jared. For the for shit the that Gratterall has, though, like, let me see. Well, don't, 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 don't try to, don't, there, there is no spin zone to be had here. I'm Blue's not Gratterall. He's not as, as good as the numbers would indicate. Like, his whip is one. Uh, I mean, like, it's good. I mean, he, for still, the shit still that he's, for the, for, exactly, for the, for the shit that he's featuring, 
he has 12 strikeouts in 19 innings. Like, that's not, yeah. like, well, holy it's, it's, shit. Like, for well, his shit, 19 innings, Hicks. he should same have 37 strikeouts. Jordan Hicks. I know, same it's the conversation. same thing. You've a 3-3-2 three, three, ERA, and we're not using ERA to evaluate a fucking reliever. But, like, the no. one whip and... Like I would the, the only, strikeouts in 19 innings. Like, so like I would have to, and I would take a deeper dive and maybe I'll do this when we get done just because that, that interests me um, is how frequently around the strike zone he is. You know what? While we're talking, let me just see if I can do a little research here, but that's the biggest thing is for back into the bullpen guys. Jared is you have to be around the strike zone with frequency to make your secondary shit look like it's presentable enough for them to offer at and then get the swing and misses. But you've got to be in the zone with your breaking ball as well. If you're not, they almost eliminate that and sort of just say, I'll tip my cap if you can throw that for a strike. But if you can't, I know you're going to have to throw that fucking heater for a strike eventually. And if you do, guess what, yeah. bud? I'm going to be on time. Yeah. And that is my, that, that's what I always go back to. So, um, I mean, and, and look at here. It's, I mean, it's three walks well, here, here. is not so, bad. I mean, it's 16 hits, 16 hits in 19 innings. And, and like, so is there, guy is not the fucking out of those six, hit. out of those 16 knocks, how many of those are extra base hits? Three. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have that in front of me, but the fact that he has noticeably less strikeouts than innings pitched and just as almost as many hits allowed as innings pitched like that, it doesn't, it doesn't match up with the stuff. Like for no, what it, he's featuring stuff wise. So, so here, this is a number that kind of talks about what I'm talking about. 67% of his 2-0, 2-1, and three ball counts end in outs. Think about that. Pitching from behind, yeah. he gets outs at a 67% clip. The big league average is 51%. So he is far and away doing a much better job than the big league average of getting guys out when he's behind in the count. So what that means is he's probably jerked a slider, sailed two fastballs, and now gets you to roll over on a slider 2-1. He's behind in the count, but he's not getting punch outs, but it's weak contact. So because he's not around the strike zone, you're like, well, fuck, I'm going to offer it something that's around here. I don't know that I want to get to that slider late with two strikes. So you end up making weak contact and rolling it over. So that's where I start to look at what he looks like early in the count. Well, early in the count, he's fucking dominant. Jared, 66% first pitch strikes. Big league average, 62%. First one of first two pitches for strikes, 89%. Big league average, 86%. So the guy is around the strike zone. Percent of 01 counts that become 02 counts, 59%. Big league average, 50%. So he's around the strike zone. It's just, it's almost like he's not throwing pitches that feel like they have to chase. It's almost like the hitters feel like, even if it's not a strike, I feel like I'm still going to be able to hit it. And that's crazy thinking it's 100-plus fucking miles an hour. Yeah. I usually get him to roll over when I start out from behind, too. Oh. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but it just – it is what it is. Bruzar Gratterall is – has electric shit, but the numbers don't match the stuff. And it's – so that's what I'm saying about Blake Trinan. That's my bold prediction, or one of them. I'm sure we'll have a bunch. 
but that's one of my bold predictions for October. We will see a changing of the guard at some point because he's just, I mean, he against the Astros, um, that weekend series. Yeah. I don't think he fucking got an out. Like he looked lost out there. And then he comes in and tries to close out the Padres in on Sad. No, it was the middle game, whatever the middle game was. It was like, I, what was the score? Like 5 1 or something like that? Uh, I think it was like 3 1. Was it, it? Are you sure it was a safe situation? Yes. Yep. It was, uh, it was, I think it was a 3 1 game. And the Padres had the bases loaded, had a potential walk off scenario for Slam Diego. And uh, he, he ended up getting out of the inning. But, I mean, it wasn't – it for sure was not a cakewalk no. for him. It was not an it's, easy it's process. Not the same, it's not the same stuff anymore. You need to understand that. And there comes a point in time where you, you have to come to that realization as the guy on the mound. And, I mean, you, you hope for Kinley Jansen and the Dodgers right now that this isn't that moment where he's going to find out. But you know what, Jared? October – October is for heroes and October will also tell you it's time to take it to the house. Yeah. Because if, if you, if this is what you're after and you get to this point and you realize that on this stage, I, I it isn't what it is, isn't what it used to be. Well then, yeah, you, you start to have some very real conversations. Yeah. And that's, that's where we're at right now. And I, I don't think that we're at a point where Dave Roberts is, is really heavily weighing that option, but, uh, but you I think are. the leash is short. You have taken Kinley Jansen out to the back, tied him up to the tree, and put him out of his misery. I haven't done that yet. That sounds like you have. I haven't done that yet, but like I said, the leash for me is short because he's you. already he's already teetering. And and if you're the Dodgers, when we had this conversation with Max Muncie last year, like they have to win. Like, I straight so, up asked him, hey, you went there in 17, lost. You went there in 18, lost. You can make the case that the 2019 Dodgers are a better team than the 2018 and 2017 teams that went to the World Series. This team has to be World Series or bust, right? And then they lose in the first round. So, I don't know how you feel about the 2020 Dodgers, but I would say the 2020 Dodgers are better than the 2019, 18, and 17 Dodgers. I think that they've gotten better every single year. So if the bar was getting to the World Series, and we all agree that like last year, it's like, okay, so you ran it. No, it's been winning it. It's been winning it. Fuck getting to it. It's been winning it. That's the thing. I know know that. But I'm saying like, yes or no, are the 2020 Dodgers better than the 17, 18, 19 Dodgers? I, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you fucking, you add Dustin May. I mean, you, you add Dustin May, you add Mookie Betts. I mean, this team and AJ, and I know that like AJ Pollock isn't like a, a revamped name, Kershaw. Like, yeah. Kershaw. I mean, a, a short season Kershaw is really right. what it is. Like mm-hmm. you have a guy that can bottle it up for one postseason. Like this is the year where, you know, if you need a, a 2018 David Price type performance from any pitcher in baseball history, 2020 Clayton Kershaw has the highest potential to do that. A dude that's like, all right, yeah, I've had some back issues, but I still have nasty shit. Like I'm still out here putting up zeros and, and throwing fucking yackers at dudes that, that are not even coming anywhere close to touching it. So yeah, I would say with the team that Dodgers have in 2020, 
I think that anything less than a championship is a failure. And I think that the 2020 Dodgers are better than the 17, 18, and 19 teams. And I don't even, I don't know if that's really debatable if you look at the, the talent that, that they have this year. Well, we're going to find out. We are going to find out just what the Dodgers. Because I mean, look at the, like how quickly we forget how nasty Blake Trinan was in 2018. Like, well, it's because he had, it's because he had a rough year. Performances of all time. Oh, trust me, buddy. I had a front row seat to watch him and Lou Trevino do a remarkable and unspeakable things as the most dynamic backing duo in the bullpen. Kenley Jansen. He's setting him up. It's because, look, because 2019 presented some health issues and presented a lack of production. And the Dodgers, based on their financials, were able to get him on the quote-unquote cheap, in their mind, 10 mil. Yeah, I'll pay 10 mil for a 100-mile-an-hour sinker. Fuck yeah, I will. And, And now look. So... I mean, it's a matter of the Dodgers being in a good position to be able to make those kind of moves. Look at that guy and go, we don't have to lowball you. We can throw you what we think you might be fetching from somewhere else just to take a chance and see what you got. They like what they got. They like what they got. I got a bone to pick with you, Jared. Not you, per se. Okay. But Uncle Manfred, once again. The fuck's this going to do with me? Not you. That's why I said. Okay. So then, so then I think that what you should have said is, I got a bone to pick with Uncle Manfred. I, I, I was I, like, I, hey, Dallas, I got a bone to pick with you. So fucking Rob Manfred, am I right? Yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's what I meant. Thank you. I got a bone to pick with Uncle Manfred. Okay. You hear me? Yeah, I do. Oh, well, I mean, I, there, there's multiple directions that this could be going in, but. What's he doing with the fucking playoffs, Carabas? Okay. See, it's, that's not the direction that I thought you were going to go in. <laughs> What is he doing with the playoffs? What about it? He wants to have the 16 postseason teams beyond this year. That's it. Beyond this year, fans. 16-team playoff structure beyond this year. And that just cannot happen. Unfortunately, it looks like it's going to happen. And... Before we even get into this, I just want to let me just because I feel like this conversation can be had and understood if it's accepted in about 15 seconds Mm -hmm. and then we can move on. But that's not how we're going to do it. But it it works just like this shortened season. They saw how much money that has been lost. They understand that expanding the playoffs means more revenue for more owners, it means more revenue for the league, and it can also help drive down players' salaries. So that is why we will expand the playoffs. Done and done. Done and it, done. It, it is not any more than that. You don't have to go any farther into the weeds than that. There's nothing else that's at play here. It's that simple. This season showed them just exactly how much they'll be missing. And moving forward, they would like to avoid that at all costs. And they would also like to continue to drive down player salaries on the whole. They're more than okay with paying a Mookie. They're more than okay with paying a Cole. They're more than okay with paying a Trout. But they don't want to pay the guy who's not that level of superstar anything close to what that guy's getting right now. So how do they do that? They continue to drive down salaries. How do you do that? You water down the playoff market. How do you do that? Expand the playoff rosters and it, or expand the playoff pool. And if you do that, 
you disincentivize teams from putting together roster of players who are really good, who in turn would cost money so that they can compete for playoff spots. They no longer have to put together a 95-win roster. They no longer have to worry about the depth of their roster because 2020 is showing them right now that you could be at the bottom of the list, and if things go right for a couple weeks, you're in. And and you have any that, teams in mind when you say that? <laughs> you you there, there's just no there's there's no incentive to try any longer, and that just means more money for the owners to pocket for themselves. And there's nothing. There's no mechanics in place that redirect or allocate that money back into the player's wallet. So I, I, no, it's pretty simple for me. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how I feel about it yet. Like I I think. Yes, you do. You don't want this shit. I I don't. My initial reaction is, is resistant. Yes. Look when it's, when it's easier to list the player or the teams that aren't in the fucking postseason. That's the problem. That's a problem. It it would, it would fuck literally like I'm not blowing smoke. It would take me less time to write out the number of teams that are not in the playoffs than it would to tell you the teams that, that are other, in the other playoffs. Other sports are doing that too. I mean, it's and it's like a it's fucking a- joke for other sports. Look at the NBA. Yeah. Look at NBA Twitter. What do they tell you every goddamn season? Oh, tip off. I'll check back in in the playoffs when the season starts because they know what the fucking season is going to look like almost. To a team, they can tell you who's going to be in, who's not, and there's no interest in watching the games. There's only interest in watching the highlights and seeing what the stat accumulation looks like. Like, show me the stat sheet at the end of the game. Show me the plus minuses, and and then I'll see you in the playoffs when I can when I can give a fuck. The NBA is different uh, than baseball. I mean, like I think with with the NBA, you're very very rarely going to see an eight team knock off of one seed. Um, there's no fucking way. I mean, like it's just not going to happen, but in baseball, I mean, that's like, that's not the case. Like I feel like any, any team can win on any given day in baseball. I mean, like, that's why they play 162 of these fucking things is because you can have a three game series where the Pittsburgh pirates could sweep the Dodgers. Like, is it, is it, is it like a likely scenario? No, but like, is would it be unfathomable if it happened? No, I mean, like that fucking happens in baseball. So I I can't like yes, I'm I'm an initially resistant to it, but until I kind of see what the postseason looks like this year, I don't know how I'll feel about it because you know the perfect example for me is the type of. T- team that you're driving is like you know this team could get hot for two weeks and bam you're a playoff team the cincinnati reds okay so the cincinnati reds are a team that are surging right now for like a week and change they are currently i think under 500 but they're knocking on the door of a postseason spot and it is very conceivable that they could actually secure one and if they did if you're looking at the cincinnati reds and I don't know who they would match up against. But if the Cincinnati Reds made it to the postseason and they match up against whoever it is, Team X, you're not looking at the Reds' roster and being like, well, these fucking guys don't belong here. Like, if you're looking at a playoff rotation of Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, 
yeah, I would say that that team on paper very much belongs. And you have Nick Castellanos hitting bombs and Mike Moustakis and uh, <coughs> Quino and fucking um, Suarez. Like, that lineup bangs. And now you have AG. Shout out to our guy, Amir Garrett, first major league save the other night. Now he's, you know, turning in some, some ninth inning duties with Iglesias. Like, the Cincinnati Reds are the type of team that most fans are poo-pooing the idea that they belong in the postseason. I would love to see the Cincinnati Reds in the postseason. So, I so, I, so I know what your answer is, and this is, this is what baseball is preying on, okay? Is preying on the fan who wants to see their favorite player in the postseason. But we're not talking about one guy. I just went through rotation, lineup, bullpen. Like that's a team like under five hundred, but like in a right. in a in a best of. But listen to what you're saying. Right? Listen, listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're saying. You are arguing for the legitimacy of a sub five hundred team to be in the postseason. Yes. Just, just listen to yourself. Yeah. And that's what baseball is preying on is they want people to be really excited about their sub 500 team being in the playoffs. So they have something to cheer about because baseball is watching your smile. And every time you do, they're hearing cha-ching, cha-ching. And they don't give a fuck that in May you're pissed off at your reds because in October, you're going to be super happy cashing out, buying merch because they have watered the playoff pool down so much that you are still hanging around in October. And that's a great business model, right? For the owners. But as the player here, I'm looking at how that's going to affect the guys that are in the game. And that's going to start reducing those salaries, like I said, because it, it, it's just not going to be the, the race to field the competitive team. And if there's no longer a race for services of these players, then how they're compensated starts to be affected. But as long as Jared's okay with his sub-500 team playing baseball in October, what the fuck do we care about? And well, that, that's exactly what baseball is preying on, is that mindset right yeah, there. That's why as I, long as my team's there, I'm super excited. I don't care that they're under 500 and don't deserve to be there and completely piss all over the integrity of a 162-game season. To hell with all that. Just give me Eugenio Suarez and Aristides Aquino in October. I don't care that they don't deserve to be there. They look really good on paper, and they're they're really good in short bursts. So let's get them there in October. Yeah, but like no, the way, the way that you're talking about it makes it sound like they they're getting a buy to the NLCS. Like they're going to be playing in the wild card round, and if they're not as good as you're saying that they are, then they they won't be there very long. Like if they don't deserve to be there, that's the whole point. Is where you're, but you're letting the them in. You're letting them in. But you're and, letting and, them in against another team that probably isn't really that great either. So it's and like, they don't deserve to be in there as well. So why are we letting them both a, in? It's, it's a and now it's just for your source of entertainment. No. And that because, source, yes, yes, it is. What else is it for? Because I've always said, and like this is why like the wild card game to me is like, if you make it to the wild card game, you're not in the postseason yet. Like you're playing for a chance to be in the postseason. Like the division series for me that's making the playoffs. If you're in the division series, you fucking earned your spot. The wild card is like the fucking movie gladiator where you just throw these fucking Russell Crowe motherfuckers out there. You fight to the death. And if you survive, now you get to advance to actually play in the playoffs like that. Just got to just, just got to tell you uh, an ad for a few of my, <laughs> this is hilarious. 
like three ads for shirts that I've created at Barstool just popped up on the baseball reference page. Love that. <laughs> That's hilarious. What shirts? Uh, the Ramon Laureano quote shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I regret charging him because he's a loser. And great. the uh, <laughs> Sundays are for showtime. Uh, and uh, yeah, those sales, those sales took a hit. And uh, uh, fuck, I forgot. I, uh, another Nats one, actually. Like, I think one from like the boat parade last year. Huh. That was very random. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't age well either. Nats. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, yeah, these teams don't deserve to make it to the playoffs. But the wild card round is a round before what I look at as the legitimate playoffs. Like, if you make it to the division series, you're in. If you're in that wild card round, it's like you're Jared, fighting for the chance to stand with the other playoff team. That's what this is right now. This is telling you this is telling you that that is absolutely a part of the playoffs. That's what Uncle Manfred is telling. He's he's grabbing you by the fucking shirt collar sure. and slapping you across the, the face Dodgers and going aren't playing that weekend, you know? That doesn't matter. That 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 doesn't matter. This is the this is the first round of playoffs, Jared. Do you get it? You don't like it because it's called the wild card? I don't care, Jared. I'm Uncle Manfred, and I'm telling you that this is part of the playoffs now. So just because your opinion is that these teams might not deserve to be there and they should get to play like a an entry game and you want to call it the wild card, I'm not doing that, Jared. I'm making the wild card first round of the playoffs. Got it, pal? And everybody in their fucking then, mob like, that's got a team is in. Got but, it? But to Rob Manfred, I would say... Yeah, sir. If it was the first round of the playoffs, then every team would be playing. Like these guys are playing for a chance to meet up with the teams that actually deserve to be there. So no, and he's the and he's it, it is because those teams they won their division and they did really well. And that's going to be like the second round of the playoffs. The first round of the playoffs has to occur for the teams who shouldn't really be there, but they're there because they're going to make sport money. And they're also there because if I'm going to be driving down salaries for the ownership group I work for, I have to have more teams involved in this. So this is going to be the first round of the playoffs. You can call it the wild card round. You can call it whatever you want. I, as the commissioner, am telling you, I will be calling it the first round of the playoffs moving on from here. And that is what Rob Manfred is doing. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, it doesn't matter what we like, Jared. Fuck our feelings. That's what Rob Manfred is telling you. That's what he's telling me. I'm just talking about what he's doing. I'm saying it out loud. I'm painting the picture. And our opinions can can be what they are. Those, what I'm saying, those are the facts. That is not my opinion. Those are the facts. That is why he is doing this. Yeah, I, I just don't think I can make a determination on whether or not I'm, I'm into it until I see it. Like, I need to, I need to see what this um, – because I am a big fan of a one-game playing game. Like, I, I love the, the Game 7 feel to it, and it's appointment television. And obviously, you know, I think this is the perfect year to not have it because the whole reason why it's so exciting is because the fans going fucking nuts. And if yeah. there's no fans, and it's like, yeah, I guess you might as well play a series. Might as well get more baseball out of this because, you know, the whole draw to there being a game seven is the atmosphere and that atmosphere is going to be non-existent. So I think we'll see. It, it, it depends. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's coming up. It's like, it's fucking, I thought it was still April. It's fucking September. I think the A's, I think the, the A's have like fucking eight games left. 
Yeah. Eight games left. That's and insane. Oh, uh, oh, magic numbers four. Just tell you that. Dodgers already clinched. Dodgers, eight straight years with a playoff spot. That is uh, very impressive. I want to say, like, MLB Network had some graphic. It was like, uh, you know, one of the longest streaks of consecutive playoff appearances in the last 30 years. You had the Yankees had a window of consecutive playoff runs. The Braves had that long run of division titles. Uh, so that would make the Dodgers the only team out of that group that did not win a World Series in this window. It's their, it's their time, Jared. Well, what do you think happens first? Oh, yeah, I know what you're going. I know, but before you get there, what do you think happens first? Dodgers win a World Series. Dodgers don't make the playoffs. Dodgers win a World Series. Ooh. Yeah. It is time for that. And, and, and I, I – yeah, there's no, there's no way. Because, and, and look, honestly, I say that, Jared, based on the conversation we just had right now. Because mm-hmm. you mean to tell me that a team that has won the division eight straight years isn't a team that can't find one of the top four places – or one of the top three places in the, in, in the National League. Like, if they're not going to win the division, they're not going to be one of the two wildcard teams if they're not in first or second place in their division because mm-hmm. that's how the playoffs go from here on out, Jared. They sure do. Based on the conversation we just got done with, the Dodgers, at worst, have to be a fourth-place team. I think they can handle that. So I've got them winning a World Series before that because, I mean, for fuck's sake, Two years from now, Uncle Manfred could have the fucking double-A affiliates available to play in the World Series as well. The Dodgers double-A team might be playing the Dodgers big league team in the World Series. Who knows? Could be. But it just feels like it's the Dodgers' time. Speaking of time, Jared, do you have a uh, – you got a time piece, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's actually from Vincero. And how's that been treating you? <clears throat> it's great. Because, uh, you know, I got little dainty wrists. And uh, I used to wear this big bulky watch. Um, and it would legitimately hurt my wrist. Like, it would, it would not feel good. I didn't like it. Lugging uh, it I, around. Yeah. And then I got the Vincero watch, which is more like a lightweight, um, flexible band. So it didn't feel like I was wearing handcuffs. Just felt like I was wearing like a nice form-fitting bracelet. But it looked sleek. Well, they're not... Sexy. They're not- they're not cumbersome either. That's the one thing I think I've noticed mm-hmm. is I, I'm not like limiting my movement because I'm wearing this fucking watch. Cause I do, I've got a couple of watches, you know, I got to make sure I'm not whipping my arm around. I don't want to knock something. I don't want to scratch something. I don't want to add. That's not what I'm feeling with the Vincero line here. Mm-hmm. I can move about freely in space. And uh, well, I mean, look, the guys over on their team, as you know, they've, they've sent us some shit and, they're the real deal. They're, they're pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Even as a, as a, yeah, sure, I've got some fancy, nice watches, whatever, but you need the go-to, like the everyday kind of watch, and that's what Vincero is working with, in, in my opinion. They've got collections ranging from, like, dress watches. They've got sport watches. They've got everything for every occasion, which is, I think, the biggest take-home because – when you get a box, you want to know that you've got something that you could wear to dinner. You want to know that you've got something that you could just 
put on for the day, go about your business. Maybe you're running errands around the town, whatever you got, but you, you got to keep track of time. Time is valuable. Time is of the essence. And with the Vincero Collective, you are showing everybody that you give a shit about your time, that your time is valuable to you. That's why Vincero has over 23,000 five-star reviews from verified customers. You can read for yourself on this shit. Don't take my word for it. But I'm telling you right now, when I opened up that Vincero box the first time, I really didn't know what to expect. Like, really? Watch through the mail? Like, how good can this be? Well, it can be good enough for me to be rocking that bitch to the games. It can be good enough for me to be rocking that bitch around town. And my wife, honestly, took note and almost jumped my shit, Jared, mm. because it was going to be a question of, what, what the fuck? Uh, I know how you spend money on watches. I didn't know that we were just going to be dropping that kind of loot right now on another mm. watch, Dallas. And I was like, no, 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 no. Vincero my friend. And she was like, Oh really? And I said, yeah, Vincero's giving us 20% off everything they've got. So why would I not? She said, I, I guess you're right, Dallas. You are the smartest man in the world. That's why I married you. You make nothing but smart sound decisions. This should be no different. And I said, Meg, I need you to go to vincerowatches.com backslash starting so you can get your 20% off and maybe buy me a Christmas present or something. How's that sound? She was like, that's fine. I got something else in store for you, big boy, Santa baby. And I was like, whoa, Meg, it's summertime. Chill out. But eventually, she knew what time it was. It was Vincero Collective time, Jared. It was. I love that. Speaking you know why of... Else, uh, what? I was going to say, you want to know why else I don't like, I don't like Uncle Manfred? Why is that? I feel like, I feel like I'm watching this from afar. Mm-hmm. But the the budding relationship that has occurred between you and Trevor Bauer, mm-hmm. I feel like at times <laughs> you take Trevor Bauer off of your shelf and wind him up <laughs> and then just let him go out into the world. And yeah. then there's times where I feel like Trevor Bauer takes himself off the shelf and winds himself up, but then hits the button on you and like wakes you up and hits, <laughs> make sure you have your Trevor Bauer push notifications on. Mm-hmm. And then when he starts going, that like wakes you up <laughs> and then you just start fucking charging too. Yeah. And before you know it, you two assholes are standing on the top of some fucking sniper nest, just firing away at uncle Manfred together, together <laughs> in unity. Yeah, and you're not supposed to be giving away your positions, but you are. You're like, hey, we're over here. (laughs) Fuck you! Yeah, I mean, I I won't lie. Uh, Anytime that I talk about Trevor Bauer on Morning Wood, I usually send him the video before it goes live. Not not to be like, hey, is this okay? Like, do you want me to edit anything out? It's usually like, hey, just letting you know, like, I got your back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, here's what I said about what you said. And yeah, we're, we're in line with that, that, that line of thinking. So yeah, we hate them. We both hate them. Yeah. And it's not even just like, I don't even know like with this whole social media thing. I don't know that Rob Manfred is the one with his feet up on his desk with a cigar in his mouth being like, <laughs> shut it down, shut right, it right. the fuck down. Like it's de- like, he's the front facing person. So I guess we just blame him for everything. Yes. But I, and, and I explained this to him the other night. I've been going at it 
with Major League Baseball Advanced Media for 13 years. 13 years. So when when he's like, yeah, I mean, like they're trying to like shut us down. Like Major League Baseball players aren't allowed to use video clips of themselves on on their own YouTube channels. Like if Trevor Bauer wants to make a video breaking down his at-bats against Nelson Cruz, he now can't do that. So I was like, I was like, not to date myself here, but I've been going at Major League Baseball over this since for for enough a long enough duration of time where they shut down my fucking MySpace page. Yes. Major League Baseball shut down my MySpace page. So that's how long this has been going on. And to some degree, I would say this year they've been a lot better. Like, I haven't had any issues with, you know, like highlight sharing where – because, I mean, like mostly I'm grabbing it from – official major places. league baseball accounts right. yeah like which you you're free so, to do that so then but so 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 think to yourself though so are you really not getting any pushback or is it because the majority the of your clips yeah. are coming from sanctioned accounts yeah that's why you haven't got the pushback so be honest about it that's why it's not because major not league baseball's just decided to well no but it's not like they've just decided to let things go Oh. that Raul De La Cruz is working for Major League Baseball. <laughs> no. But but we, we've had this time where I take a clip from the video or from the TV I'm watching. I take a clip from the computer screen or whatever. And I think they just whatever. don't want the smoke I get, from you. Like, you just straight up will film your own goddamn TV, give like a Pat McAfee-type commentary over the broadcast, and then tweet it directly to your Twitter account. Like, I, would, I wouldn't, even in today's climate, wouldn't dare take a video and tweet it directly to my account. Like I couldn't do that. Raul could could definitely do that. I mean, he, he, he's a sneaky fuck. So it's different. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that's just because I'm a part of, because I I work with major league baseball. I guess, but I still don't think that like that. I don't know. I will fight Rob Manfred. <laughs> no, I'm I saying know you <laughs> that that's, and, and you make, you make a point though about Manfred because look, as much shit as we give him and as much as he is in our crosshairs with shit like this, I don't think it is Rob Manfred with his feet up on the desk. Like you said, kind of painting that image, but I do believe he is. And there's no denying that he's very aware of Trevor Bauer's presence and efforts in the social media realm to drive content and, he understands, again, he works for an ownership group. So what are those videos? Those are proprietary. Major League Baseball owns those and makes money on those. So this whole clampdown, every bit of it has to do with money. All of it. What did I tell you, Jared? Rule number one as a conspiracy theorist. Rule number one. Follow the money. That is rule number one. Why are they shutting this down? It's for the money. Mm. Why are they expanding the playoffs? It's for the money. None of it has to do with growing the game, fan interest, none of that. That's all the shit that we make up to aid in the distraction of what's actually going down and why the moves that are being made are made. And it's all about money, period. I mean, it's, 
I think what kind of boggles my mind the most is we're, it was when we did Bauer Bites during spring training, and I think it was Woody, Alex Wood of the Dodgers, said, he's like, yeah, like the Dodgers are great about it. Like you go out there and you have, uh, you know, you, you have a start or a relief appearance. By the time you get back to your locker, the Dodgers have already given you a file with pictures and videos from that outing. Mm -hmm. So like you can upload them and everything. So now major league baseball is telling these players that the teams and the players are breaking their policy of like, you can't even shove yourself. You can't share videos of yourself on your own channels. You can't, if you wanted to break down film for fans to be like, wow, like, this is really fucking cool. Like instead of having this monopoly and like MLB network has awesome content. They have really good shows besides mad dog show. And it, but like, if you, if you're a baseball fan and you want to see actual players breaking down their own shit versus retired players, breaking down player shit, like you have that option on YouTube. Like there are players that are doing that. And Bowers, obviously one of them now major league baseball is like, Hey, great show. Stop it. Yeah, well, because guess what, Jared? How much of the ad money from Trevor Bauer's YouTube Zero channel? Dollars. Okay, thank you. So, so all I had to do right there and was follow why, the money. Remember, remember when we went to the fucking thing, the Easton thing, and, mm -hmm. and we had all like the media, the the content creators. Yep. And like everyone's like, oh, like why does John Boy get to use like you know his breakdowns? He gets to use game footage, and you guys can't. And like I think he did an MMA where he said something like. Major League Baseball takes like 80% of his revenue or like 90% or something crazy like that. So like yeah. whatever money he's getting coming in from like his YouTube videos, like Major League Baseball is like, yeah, we'll take all of that. Yep. Yeah. And if that's like, if that's the, and if that's the world you want to exist in, if, if you want to be a water boy for somebody else, that's the option they're giving you is, yeah, you can be our water boy, but we're not going to, we're not going to start you. You're not going to be calling plays at any point in time. You're like yeah. if you're going to use our wood, no highlights. Like, yeah. I, I almost, uh, you know, I think the only time we've ever used a highlight was yesterday when we talked about Bartolo Colon hitting a home run in a beer league softball game somewhere, where the fuck that was. That's the only time we've ever had to, like, cut to a video that moved. Right. Well, and, and that's because we know that we can't because of what Major League Baseball would do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> again, dude, like, it, it's frustrating even talking about it because – there's nothing that changes. It's all about the same thing. It's all about the money. So I, I, I don't like to have conversations about shit like that because the human being in me, like I, I just, I turn into, I, I turn into an animal because I look at that person who's willingly making those decisions and is crushing the game is crushing the industry and they're making those decisions purely for financial gain for other individuals. And, and I can't, I don't want to sit down with that person. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to be in the same room as that person because I, I don't know what I would do. I, I'd be uncontrollably angry. And that's how I get talking about this. Yeah. Show. Same. I feel like I would have a much more, I don't know if civil is the right word, but calm conversation with whoever i think it could escalate because it's very clear that whoever is making these decisions in terms of um players being able to market themselves and use these clips they're very out of touch they don't whoever is responsible yeah, you for can't rationalize with this person 
Yeah, they don't care about fans wanting right. access to players. And, and so you and and what I'm telling you is I can't calmly sit down and have civil discourse with that person because right. that person's behavior and that person's actions that they are not capable of rationalizing and sitting down and having civil discourse. Well, that person is have, not a baseball fan. And, and that's the even bigger issue. So how do you, as a baseball fan, think you're going to rationalize and sit down and have civil discourse with somebody who isn't a fan and is not interested in doing anything to facilitate the growth of that relationship? You can't. No. And so I don't give, they don't earn, they don't get my respect and I'm not the fucking Dalai Lama for them to be worrying about whether or not I respect them at night that they're, they're going to sleep just fine. I'm just saying that that's, that's why like, like when we saw Manfred at the fucking all-star game mm-hmm. and I said exactly what I said to, Oh, Hey Rob, how you doing? Just a huge shitty grin on my face. And he just yeah. looked and smiled and kept it fucking move, right. Whoop blew right past us. Cause you fucking know, you know exactly who we are. You hear us. And you know that ain't nobody over here trying to hear your bullshit. We see right through your ass. Yeah. It is kind of crazy that, you know, you could put someone in that type of position of power who just doesn't care about the fan base. Like, how do you, how do you not listen? I mean, I guess it's our fault. And, and I'm not saying like, you know, it, like in the WWE, the product is shit. So people just started tuning out. Like the the like everyone was just like, this sucks. I'm not gonna watch it anymore. There's way too many other options. Like I can watch Netflix, I can watch sports, whatever. But I think where you know Major League Baseball has this, I mean, I get I guess there are people that are t- tuning out, but um people just love their teams. Like they're it's like, yeah, fuck you for what you're doing in terms of like not wanting to like let these players market themselves and and not taking the initiative to to really have that forward thinking process when it comes to you know guys wanting to be able to like that's the other thing too they should be thankful that players are like hey on top of everything that it takes to be in tip-top shape to become a major league baseball player and then maintain that that physical presence and 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 groom my talent i also want to be a content creator and they're like fuck you stop it it's like you should be like Thank God someone nope. is that is active in this league also wants to take it upon themselves to to market themselves and create content. It's it's like if the fucking it, it's if it's if the fucking starting quarterback in high school is also the president of the class and the head of the honor society. It's like hey, if I'm the fucking star quarterback, I'm probably just going to like stick to being the star quarterback because that's going to take a lot of work and I'm focused on winning football games at this school. But then I'm going to also be the fucking class president because I, I'm a leader and I want to help out everybody. And I'm also going to be the National Honor Society because I'm studying late at night and I got, I got good grades too. Like, you should take that person that's balancing all that and put them on a pedestal, not be like, nope. hey, we're going to nope. fucking fine your ass nope. <laughs> if you nope. post nope. content that people enjoy. No, see, you just don't understand what that person represents to the machine, Jared. That person is a very real threat to the monopoly that is Major League Baseball. Because if one Trevor Bauer sprouts and grows and blossoms, that means I could be dealing with a field of Trevor Bowers next year. And I can't prevent the growth 
of a field of Trevor Bowers, I'm going to have to dump a bottle of fucking miracle Grow all over this entire fucking landscape. Pesticide. I'm going to have to kill all of these Trevor Bauer weeds because each one of these guys that pops up and has their own media outlet and is doing their own thing, that is a chip away off of the financial block that Major League Baseball has been hoarding for themselves. That's why they can't let Trevor Bauer do what he's doing because as small of a drop in the bucket as he may be to them right now, imagine 50 Trevor Bowers next year. Imagine if Jacob DeGrom, Clayton Kershaw, Mike Trout, you want to know why baseball is okay with players not marketing themselves, Jared? Because this is what happens when they decide to. Could you imagine the interaction between Rob Manford and Mike Trout? If Mike Trout was in Bowers' position and wanted to bring the attention to what he's doing and his game to the world, what would Rob Manford look like then? Rob Manfred would then be the guy who was keeping the growth of baseball from its fans, from the best player in the game. He would be that guy. But instead, because it's Trevor Bauer and he's mouthy and he does what he does, it's almost seen as Rob Manfred, the calm, cool, collected executive who's just dealing with an abrasive, young, reckless athlete in his sport. That's what the lens looks like now. But if you have Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Fernando Tatis Jr., Mookie Betts, you've got Tim Anderson, you've got all these dudes who are just going to say, fuck it and do what Trevor Bauer is doing. Now, what kind of problem does Major League Baseball have on their hands? Now they are scrambling to put out fires, Jared, and they can't have that. So we cut it off right here. We got to cut the head off the snake now. Otherwise, this motherfucker is going to grow and he's going to start having babies. And I can't do that. Can't do that. So I'm, I'm, I am on to Major League Baseball, Jared. It is so transparent and so easy to see why they're pulling the shit they're pulling. Yeah. I can't have a hundred of you motherfuckers coming after the piece of pie that I've been sitting on for 150 years. I can't do that. I can more than afford to feed all of you starving mouth sons of bitches with your hand out, but I'm not going to have it happen on my watch. Yeah, it's also kind of like, you know, I, I guess like Trevor Bauer likes doing the breakdown stuff, which is cool. But I also kind of see, you know, Mike Clevenger, guy like that, uh, when he was shooting off on the Astros while getting a t- tattoo and like stuff like that. It's like Major League Baseball can't love that. You know, no, or, no or, because that's, that's their personality. Gonna, like Mike Clevenger is not going to come on uh MLB network and be like, hey, fuck the Astros. Like he's just not gonna do that. He's gonna be like, yeah, you know, it's disappointing and this and that. Like you're gonna give like a canned answer on the official like uh you know shows that they have, but they come on with us. Club didn't hold back. Uh, and that goes for most players. Like w- when most players come on with us, they don't hold you, back. You, you want to know, know why they're not like under the eyes of Major League Baseball. It's not because they know they're not under the eyes of Major League Baseball, Jared. It's because one They don't want to offend elder statesmen of the game. So you don't want to maybe be given Pedro the same answers that you're giving us, Mm -hmm. partly because Pedro didn't ask the question that we asked, and he didn't ask it the way we asked. Mm -hmm. But you're also not stammering over your words because you're in the presence of Pedro Martinez as well. And so you don't want to disrespect Pedro 
by giving him a off-the-cuff answer that he might not be able to respond to the way he normally would because he's on MLB Network or he's on one of these other shows, right? But you and I both know, Jared, having talked to Pedro off the air, mm-hmm. not on record, just what kind of answer you're going to get from Pedro when he right. starts talking shit, right? So that's where the players are coming from, but they also know, Jared, that when they sit down with us, their message is getting to the people they want their message to get to. Yeah, They know that when they go on these canned answer shows, their message is getting to the 55, 65-year-old white guy who is screaming about the DH and is screaming about the same shit that they've been screaming about for 30 fucking years. And they know that those guys are going to get their answers from wherever they want. They're going to have their opinions about them, whatever. They know those guys don't have Twitter. They know those guys don't have Instagram, aren't on YouTube channels, surfing shit. So when they sit down with us, they know that that's where their personality is going to be able to shine. And they know that they're not going to be backdoored and ripped. They're like, none of that's going to happen. They don't have to worry about any of that shit because they know we're here to put them on the pedestal, like you said earlier, that they deserve to be on without fear of the monopoly trying to come down on them. Yeah. I don't know that it'll ever change. I, I mean, by the time we see actual change and someone over there, here at Major League Baseball uh, that actually likes baseball and, and wants the fans to have the best product imaginable and the best experience. That's really the word. It's not even about the product. The product is great. The players are great. Um, the competition's great. And, you know, now you're kind of seeing, I forget his name. There's this dude who I think does, um, he does video editing for the Cleveland Indians. Like you're seeing them like get creative with the way that they put out their content. It's not just like, Oh, here's, here's how you saw it on TV. It's just clipped off and put on the internet. Like now they're trying like new ways to create their content. Um, eventually someone will get hired at major league baseball who actually likes baseball and cares about the fan experience a little bit more than the, the bottom line. And I can't wait for that day. I'll probably be in my seventies by then. So like, I don't know. I don't know that it'll matter to me, but I just hope that the next Jared in Dallas, uh, 40 years from now, we'll get to, we'll get to absolutely take advantage of a world where major league baseball executives like major league baseball. Well, we're going to have to get rid of the monopoly before that day ever comes my friend. And I don't, I don't see that happening. I see Major League Baseball passing go and collecting their $200 every fucking year from here on out. You think we should just start the XBL? Well, you know what? Like, we are – every Tom needs a Jerry. Yeah. Every wild E coyote needs a roadrunner. And that's exactly what individuals like you and I are to Major League Baseball. If Tom didn't have a Jerry, you're watching that cartoon. If Wild E. Coyote is just hanging out on the cliff, not chasing Roadrunner, you're watching that cartoon. So we are, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, part of what allows this machine to operate the way it does. We create the resistance. We create the attention. We help create eyeballs on the game. Major League Baseball continues to behave the way they do with no recourse or repercussion. And 
that's conversation around the game. So you almost feel like, well, what if you were to stop and not cover this? Well, nothing would happen. Nothing would change. Baseball would be totally okay with that, and they would continue on the path they're on, which is why baseball, to a point, doesn't care that we talk about this because it actually promotes the business to an extent, and there's no such thing as bad press if you're in this position, right? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I know that you said that you, you, you wouldn't handle that conversation well. I would at least want to try. Like, put me in a room with that person. Like, let me try to paint the picture of what, what you're doing and, and the effect that it's having on the game it, right now and the long term. The money is all you have to understand, Jared. Is I know you're hoping for that person to enter that position of power at MLB where they, like, buck the system and go against the grain. That person never makes it to that spot, Jared, because they're – not somebody that can be manipulated. So if I can't manipulate you, I can't put you in a position of power. So that person will never see that spot. They will never have that authority because you're brought into this to keep things where they're at. You are not brought into this to open up the coffers and start handing out money to people. That's not why we brought you in. So if you think by loosening the reins on how we have constricted players and their ability to promote themselves, is, well, you're not going to be in this position because we need you to continue to put a clamp down on our monopoly. We don't need you opening up revenue streams for outside sources. And that's what that would do. So no, you don't get that job. Stay in your fucking office over there. Hmm. So you want to sit down and have that conversation with that person? The person would have to be able to you in the eye and just say this to you honestly and go, everything you're going to ask me, everything you're going to ask me right now doesn't matter because it's just all about keeping the money where it's at. Okay. So you can ask me about whether or not I like baseball. The answer is yeah. That's why I started working here at MLB 10 years ago. And I never thought that I'd see the day that I'd find myself in this spot, but here I am and I'm money. So if you're asking me if I want to die on the hill of opening up revenue streams for players, or if I want to cash my check and keep my insurance and keep my family safe, guess what, Jared, between you and I, I would love to be able to put out these videos and I would love for these players to be able to do it. But guess what? I'll lose my fucking job if I do that. So thanks for coming. I'll validate your parking, but we're all done here. <laughs> and you would go, Oh, I'm so frustrated. Now I understand why Dallas just wanted to kick through this door and choke the fuck out of you without hearing a word out of your mouth. Yeah. Cause that's how I feel right now. And you only said like 20 words to me. Right. Oh, man sounds like you could use some cbd i could mm-hmm. i could and i've i found a i have found an incredible product mm-hmm. uh but the one i'm going to tell you about is cbdmd and i've never tried them but that's why the folks at cbdmd have created the cbd pm because i've heard about it and apparently it's going to help because you you deserve to be at your very best. And that's what CBD MD can help you do apparently. So whether you're up late with kids like I am, or maybe you're just dealing with some anxiety of, of the normal world of the world of the new normal quote unquote. Well, you need to dial up the CBD MD folks. That's right. CBD MD's premium CBD oil products. They're offering 
all of our listeners 25% off your next order. All you got to do is use the promo code STARTING9 at the checkout. That's right, STARTING9 at checkout. So again, cbdmd.com, promo code STARTING9. That's the number nine. You don't have to write out nine. It's the number nine. No spaces. 25% off your purchase of some of the best and the highest quality CBD products known to man. Melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, all the stuff that's going to help you calm down and get that good rest, that good sleep, that REM, holla, CBDMD. That's the vehicle to get you there, folks. Again, cbdmd.com slash starting nine. That's a promo code, starting nine. Get it in your life. Um, I got I to gotta mention something here. Mention it. <clears throat> I got I a baseball like card. Feel like you? Got, oh, you do got a baseball card. You got a baseball card. I have a baseball card, Dallas. This That's is true. uh. So Tops did their Allen and Ginter set, and let me tell you, I uh, when they asked, they're like, "Hey, you know, like we got." I mean, I was like, "Trust me, I know about this set. Like, I I may not collect anymore, but I'm still very interested in in the baseball card world. I mean, like I had." Like if something comes along, like I'll get singles versus packs, uh, but I'm still very like interested. And I mean, like if you come to my fucking apartment, it's there's baseball shit everywhere. It's like I'm a baseball collector. It's not just cards. It's just whatever, whatever. You know, I, I like the baseball fan culture is. You know, if you if you go to a baseball fan's house, like what are you gonna find? Baseball cards. You're gonna find baseball bats. You're gonna find baseballs. Like I'm looking at that shit in this room just in this room i I see shit like that so when they came up to me and they're like hey we want to do like a baseball card and i was like of of me (laughs) what do you mean like why why would you want to do that through the process and uh i got the box yesterday or the day before and that was pretty fucking cool i'd say like it was uh it was very similar to, I mean, it's obviously a much different process, much different feeling of uh, like, this is fucking cool. But when I first got my, the first box of books, when that was like printed and published, I mean, like, that's like a feeling of achievement and success versus like, this is just really fucking cool. I didn't actually achieve anything uh, or work towards anything for this. But when was your first time that you got to hold the Dallas Braden rookie card and which, which company was it? Uh, well, there's, there's multiple companies that did a, that, that did cards. Um, and it, for me, it wasn't like, <laughs> it was, it was a cool moment because it wasn't about like a, a minor league card that I had signed. Cause like you get drafted, you, you know, they, they have minor league sets that you can be a part of. Uh, then they have, you know, the big boy sets, the tops, the upper deck and, and, and all that shit upper deck was, was toast by that time. <clears throat> but the first card that I have, and I still have it, it was the very first card I was handed. And it was from a set in like Vancouver. And I had, I, I wrote on it, like they handed it to me and I fucking took a Sharpie right then and there, flipped that bitch over and wrote my first card 
right on it. Huh. <laughs> and they were like, well, hey, hey. And I was like, no, it's mine. No, it's mine. It's mine. And I fucking kept it, took it. My grandma has it framed. <laughs> and, it, and like, and she, it's not even, the back of the card is on display, not even the front of the card, because the back of the card says, my first my card. My first card. <laughs> and my grandma loved that. And she was like, I want that. So I want that. That was my first like reaction to getting my first card. I was just fucking blown away because I was, again, man, I was one of the kids who I didn't want to play to be a millionaire. I wanted to play to be on a poster. I wanted to play to be in a video game and I wanted to play to have my own baseball card. Yeah. That's why I played baseball. And so all of those things happened like that for me, that was a trifecta. That was it. That was it. I have a poster. That's ridiculous. I have a card. That's fucking insane. Like, what? You know what we need to do is, um, I don't know if, if we know anyone that listens at MLB the show, but we need to start like a grassroots campaign for them to make you a character, like what you look like now to be able to like play as you in like the 2021 game. There have been, you know, like there have been a lot of people that have messaged me on fucking on PS4 on PlayStation. Yo, dude, what do we got to do to get your kid? They're like, you're probably way worse now, <laughs> but I would even take, <laughs> I would even take you now. If they just put you in the game now, like just to pitch with how you look yeah. and yeah. Like I, Hey, I'm down. I'm down. I told you, man, look, um, between you and me, Jared, and, and, and the folks who are listening, uh, yeah. if, you, if you remember, <laughs> and this is, this is funny. This, uh, this is what happens when you just don't give a fuck, Jared, is sometimes those feelings and those words make them to places that, you know, maybe you could have opportunities that are cool. Maybe you could not because mm-hmm. people just kind of know how you feel about certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a time where I was having very serious conversations with the folks who are in charge of putting names and faces on video games, like mm-hmm. in video games. And uh, if it wasn't for my <clears throat> very vocal stance on some individuals within our game, maybe at the high, uh, who knows, Jared, I could have been a voice on MLB the show already. Wow. You, I mean, I, wow. <laughs> you never know. It's just weird how the world wow. works. Wow. Yeah. So when you think they're not watching, or you think that people, you think that the people who might have their feet up, cigar in their mouth, not watching some of the shit that you think they're yeah. not watching, they're watching. Oh, wow. They're listening. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Wow. I can't believe I mean I can. <laughs> I can, but I can't. That's whew. Yeah, just just do this math, Jared. Every voice on that show, every voice on that program, MLB network, MLB owned. Yeah, that is true. Owned. And that's not how it used to be. No. Nope. You know who works for the owners, Jared? Um uh, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I am all in on the grassroots campaign for MLB The Show. Get my face on there. I mean, there was a heavy push to try to make it like a Mother's Day uh, diamond release. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. even if you just release this card, 
for us to use on Mother's Day. That'd be yeah. great. That'd be, be cool. That'd be fun. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. And the folks at MLB The Show, the game, mm-hmm. EA Sports or whatever the, whoever the fuck it is, uh, they've, been, they've been awesome. They gave me, they gave me and Jay Hay codes to release when MLB The Show dropped. So they've been, they've been great. Just at times, Jared, there's people who make, you know, there's people who make decisions that maybe you can't override. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. So there you go. Uh, and, and so begins the grassroots campaign <laughs> to get Dallas Braden in MLB The Show 21. We'll see if it happens. Uh, it sounds like it's not, but it would be nice <laughs> if it did. It would be nice if it did. Um, I'm going to, uh, I think there's like, there's so many, it's crazy. Like what they do with these baseball cards now though, they have like a wood card. That's like one of one. It's literally a fucking, it's a, it's a baseball card also, made out of wood. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they got all the, it yesterday and they were like, Hey, I got your wood card. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. They've got all the, um, when you do like, you know, like the cut parts of your Jersey out and your yeah. hat and shit yeah. like that. That's yeah, that's awesome. So what's cards. up? Like my relic card is uh, it's all material from uh, barstool bandanas that I've had. So I need a, I need another card for my bike spoke. Do you can you hook me up? You got a guy or what? Yeah, I'll sign one for you. No, I don't need it signed. I don't need. No, it I'll sign it for you. And it's uh, doesn't doesn't even don't personalize it. No, I can sign it for you. There was a, a card Ford of the Yankees. Yankees said relevant when I was talking about the Yankees <laughs> and um, oh. yeah, his, uh, his car is, I think his card was going for like, uh, like a dollar 57. My card I think was going for like $350. So I, I just, you know, it is what it is. Like, I, I'm new again to like the whole like secondary market as it pertains to, um, you know, baseball cards and things of that nature. But, you know, just want to throw that out there just in case anyone was looking on eBay for one. Um, Twitter questions. Well, yeah. What's up? What's up? I, I just, I need you to know how much. I appreciate <laughs> you. How much? Uh, no, it's fine. I just, you know, how, I, I, it's for people because a lot of people were asking, I'm like, hey, can I get your super relevant baseball card that everyone's excited about and everyone wants one? Um, where can we get one? I was like, oh, it's on eBay for $350. And then I just happened to look up Mike Fors and see that it was less than $2. Um, Twitter questions. Hit me. Jay, hey! Jay, hey! Most desirable 2020 World Series matchup, financially, personally, entertainment, etc. Least desirable 2020 World Series matchup. Um, I think we all know what the most desirable is because Dallas is going to put the A's in there. Unless you're going to be unbiased. Are you going to be unbiased? Because, mm. I mean, like, I don't think anyone is tuning in to watch the A's in the World Series. It's not, the fuck not they aren't. 1989 anymore. You're talking. You, so, so let's just. The answer again, is Yankees just, Dodgers. If there's a Yankee Dodger World Series, that'll do massive numbers. Like that'll, that's the matchup. I don't think that that's the matchup that everyone wants to see, but those are, that would be the matchup that draws the most viewers. Would you That's agree? the matchup. That's the matchup of the whiners, right? Ah, the Yankee, the Astros cheated us out of the, the Dodgers. The Astros cheated us, so we're gonna play and we're gonna duke it out to see who really is the world to. Is that part of it? Like, I, I think it's more. I, I think it's less. I think the storyline will be less 
Astros redemption. Like the Astros screwed both of us. Because I'm telling you right now, the Astros Dodgers, that's what does numbers. If the Astros, who are going to limp into the postseason. Maybe get Verlander back soon. Who just threw a fucking 60-plus pitch sim game the other day. Very impressed by watching. And that right there is the store guys who are going to lose the division and have been sort of, I mean, where they're at, they're, they're sub 500, Jared. The Astros are under 500 as of today. So if they were to start to make their way through the postseason and then you start to see it line up, Astros, Dodgers, oh, buddy, that right there would, that would be it. That would be it. Because you're talking about teams that have been in each other's, or you're talking about one team that's had the other team in their way. Astros, Dodgers would be awesome. I'm just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Well, either, I mean, but they're, okay, so those are two different conversations, right? Yeah. Whether or not that's happening or not. Yeah, so Astros, Dodgers would do the biggest numbers. Yes, and what was the, uh, what were the other parameters? Uh, The least desirable matchup. Least desirable matchup. Um, that would have to be like the A's and I don't. I don't appreciate that, and I don't think like that's the A's Marlins. I don't think that's true. <laughs> that would be I like think... that would be terrible. Actually, you know what? Because the A's TV ratings are up this year, like exponentially, I don't know that the A's would be the worst team to get there. It would probably be like as much and... as I think that the Rays would be exciting to get there. If the Rays played the Marlins and had like the Florida Bowl, that would be the worst. Like I would rather like that. It's not that I wouldn't enjoy watching Glasnow versus Sixto. I just in terms. What's of your like, next favorite matchup? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alcantara versus fucking uh, Chucky Morton. I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing that either. But you get the you get the point. I get the I get the gist, or like a Blake Snell. I think uh, could I sit down and watch it and enjoy it? Yes. With the rest of the country, no. Well, you got a hard time getting me to believe that a team in the Oakland A's that has garnered almost a four hundred percent increase mm-hmm. on viewership in ages fifteen to thirty five uh, wouldn't have eyeballs on it. I believe there would be lots of eyeballs. On you think that. that there would be an? Uh, that you think? How do you think the ratings would do in comparison to Dodgers, Yankees, a Rays, a Rays, Marlins World Series? Would probably like it, they would have to break out the record there, books for like the the worst ratings in World Series history. The the super what was it? Heidi, where Super Bowl it was, but the TV show Heidi came in and cut off like the fucking last play of the game in the Super Bowl, that 15-second screw-up would get more viewership than a Marlins-Rays game. A Marlins-Rays series. I think we'd all just be fortunate that, like, (laughs) we wouldn't be able to actually see how empty the stands would be. That would... uh, Oh, my... Well, no, it'd be... Everybody would be leaving in the fucking second inning so they could go to bed. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) it's <laughs> true it would be there would just uh, be i think there would, there would be more neutral fans at a world series like that than like actual actual fans well yeah because it's just going to be everybody's caretaker that had to come to the game with them 
<laughs> and they they could give a fuck about baseball. They're like, I'm just here to make sure these people don't <laughs> yeah. die on each other. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're baseball fans, and I'm just here to make sure that they live right. through the game. And then, like, I, I get them home. That's I'm going to change them. I'm going to get them home, and that's all I'm going <laughs> to um, Better career. Who you got? Greg Maddox or Randy Johnson? Oh, man. Uh, I feel like... Damn. Well, I, I, like accolades wise, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the unit. No, I'm sure the Cy Youngs are pretty close. I, yeah, without, without looking at it. Cause we're, like, we're, who, like in your gut. Cause I'm not like, I'll pull it up just for now, but like, whatever, uh, in your gut without looking at it. That's why I want to say the unit is because I'm thinking what he, what he win? He won fucking four or five, five. Cy Youngs. Right, five Cy Youngs. Um, oh God, five Cy Youngs. The four. He won the fucking. Didn't he win the? Uh, who's the, no. yes, the triple crown. That's what I was gonna say because Bieber All Star compared to uh, eight time All Star for Maddox. Uh, they both have a World Series title. Um, RJ yeah, but has unit. Unit is a fucking. Uh, if I'm, they both have four he, ERA titles. But isn't Randy Johnson a World Series MVP? Co-MVP with Uncle Kurt. With Schill? Yep. yep. Uh, obviously, both Hall of Famers. And then, you know, if you want to throw in the 18-time gold glove, no one gives a shit about Greg Maddox. Easy, easy. No one cares buddy. about that. I care about that. I'm sure you do. And that means a lot. I bet uh, you so, yeah. The strikeouts. Uh, well, we don't even need to have that conversation. We definitely don't uh, need to have that. But I want to see what the discrepancy is. Forty-eight seventy-five. It's almost five k to thirty-three seventy-one. I mean, it's RJ. Yeah, that was that was my that's, that that was my gut. It's just how many? Well, let's see. Would Maddox pitch eighteen years? Maddox pitched twenty-three years. Twenty-three years. Twenty-three to twenty-two years. <laughs> that's just stupid. Yeah, Greg Maddox wins above replacement for his career, 104.8. RJ, 103.5. So it's pretty close. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm, still, I'm still taking the unit there. I am too, just for like the dominance factor. I mean, yeah, but the, the, the flip side of that also tells me, or, or I hope, can appreciate even more so the body of work of Greg Maddox, because sure. think about the, think about the arsenals of those two guys, the numbers we just talked about. And, you know, I, I've been making the comparison of pitchers and mathematicians mm -hmm. because you could have a couple of mathematicians in a room working a problem and they may arrive there at the same answer, but they could have gotten there very differently. Mm -hmm. And the same thing for guys on the mound. 100 miles an hour from the left side, wipeout slider. Another guy who had the ability to throw hard when he needed to, but harnessed the command and the manipulation of the baseball, and that took him to where he ended up, which is both of them, Hall of Fame, heroes, baseball gods, and did it very differently. Yeah, I feel like we could probably put that out to a starting nine Twitter poll with 
with how close it is. But I think like the separating factor is that like, like RJ having like over a thousand more or punch you know, outs, career strikeouts and only in, in, a, in one less season. But, is, but this is one of those things where, and, and again, the, the romance in baseball allows you to fall in love with either one of these dudes. And it's not like you're going to pick a wrong no. guy. Well, I do think that Randy Johnson is the correct answer because it is close. Like when you look at wins of replacement, you look at the Cy Young, you look at the world series and I mean, it's very, very, very close. And then you go to the strikeout column and you're like, Oh, it's not that close. I mean, it's still, it still is close. But when you talk about like, they were just as good as one another, but then one of them was more dominant than the other. And it's that part, like the dominance part isn't close. Well, like, like uh, maybe Jay could do this quick math, but 27 times what equals a thousand or whatever, however many punch outs more that Randy had than Greg Maddox. And now you think like how many more complete games worth of strikeouts yeah. is that, that Randy Johnson accumulated more so than Greg Maddox. So it, it, yeah, it starts to get ridiculous quick when you start to dive into some of those numbers. So tip of the cap to the big unit. <laughs> what an honor to win this debate on starting nine episode 196. <laughs> uh, what active player gets the highest percentage of hall of fame votes? Albert Pujols. Pujols. Kershaw. Berlander. Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols. So we're, we're, we're not including Mike Trout in this discussion because I feel like that's an easy one. Um, right. So this is basically out of the guys who are rounding third in their career right now, still active, we know are going to be Hall of Famers, which one of them is going to receive the most votes. And that, for me, is a very easy one. That is Albert Pujols. You think, uh, I think... Because what people are going to be able to do is eliminate the bad taste in their mouth from Albert as an angel, and they will be afforded the opportunity to go back and appreciate and be awestruck by his years as a St. Louis Cardinal and realize, holy shit, I'm going to spend maybe the next two weekends just watching old Albert Pujols highlights so I can remember what it felt like to watch somebody dominate the game like that, be so feared like that. Because you didn't see a guy like that since Barry. Right. And I appreciate what Kershaw has done. Pujols was kind of like in the overlap of Barry still winning MVPs. Right. And he's the one like dealing with that, right? Like Barry kind of in his way. Yeah. If it wasn't for Barry... Pujols would have probably three more MVP awards at least. So it's, it's Albert Pujols. I think now that we've seen, you know, the fucking kiss ass Yankee voters be like, Oh, Oh yeah. I'm fucking hundred percent. And Derek Jeter, like Derek Jeter doesn't deserve to have a higher voting percentage than Ken Griffey Jr. Then, I mean, you could get, there's a lot that he does not deserve to have a higher voting percentage then. But now that we've kind of like gotten rid of this, you know, keeper of the gate type deal where nobody deserves to have a hundred percent. I think Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, maybe even Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, like those guys will be 
95% higher. That's exactly what I was going to say. 95%ers. Yeah. Like those guys. There's, there's not one of those because neither one of those guys has an even, well, neither one of them is blowing the other one out of the water, but neither one of them has an even remote argument against them being in the hall of fame, almost being a first ballot hall of famer. So when you think about that, yeah, like the, there's, there's, there's no way that any of those names find their way onto a ballot amongst other names that doesn't have you filling in their bubble, each and every one of them. All right. We'll see. Let's see what happens. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we uh, head into one of the last weekends of the Major League Baseball season, Dallas? Oh, you know, Jared, I feel like times we – we do our best to make sure that folks are aware of the things that go on around the game. Mm -hmm. We do our best to make sure that fans are aware of the guys who are, are making noise, aren't making noise, are on the precipice of making noise. We did ourselves an injustice. Mm. We did not talk about the Alec Mills no-hitter. Yeah, we didn't do that. I feel like that, was, that wasn't like a conscious decision. That was just an oversight. It, it was an oversight, but I want to take the time right now because of the road that Alec Mills traveled is something that should be noted. This is a guy who walked on, mm -hmm. like had to stop the head coach at, what was it, Tenor, Tennessee State at fucking – Allen or Austin or like just some random ass middle of the road school. And Alec Mills is like, yo, I can get outs. You should let me throw for you. Promise. I'm going to be good. Fast forward. Dude, throwing a fucking no hitter in the big leagues. Yeah. Against my Milwaukee. Brewers. So for Alec Mills to find himself on a big league mound against all of the odds, the uphill battle, the adversity being told no, being told you weren't good enough, no recruitment. Amidst all of that, he goes out and spins a no hitter. His, was that his 15th fucking game? Something like that. 15th game of the big leagues. Pitching You're throwing a no hitter. Hitting speed. And that's all that matters, Jared. This is an example of working off the barrel. You don't have to miss bats. You don't have to miss bats. The guy got five swinging fucking strikes the entire game. It's incredible. It Tip the cap to him. Not, Sorry we fucked up. It's not up. easy to do. Sorry we fucked up. We didn't, we didn't mean to do that. No. So I, I, I just, just had to make sure that Alec Mills got his just desserts got his shine as they say give them their flowers while they're here yeah so these roses are for you alec mills i am deeply deeply apologetic for them see you on tuesday we out!